Damon John said, Pioneers get slaughtered, settlers prosper. The meaning suggests those who blaze trails often do so with huge sacrifice and peril, while those who come behind get the benefit of the pioneers' work and learning from their challenges faced. The cannabis industry has pushed good folks to the brink and some past their possibilities. With each new state implementing recreational programs, see a pattern of market development. The first year is fantastic for the handful who start. Then, as more and more operators come online, Competition quickly sparks a pricing battle to see who can operate most efficiently. Media often depicts this as a result of poor government planning and management of the respective programs. However, what we find is that the cannabis market operates as a true free market economy. Welcome everyone to this episode of Pot Talk, where you'll learn everything you wanted to know about cannabis but didn't know to ask. I'm Fish, your host, and to help us today, I'm joined with a good friend of mine, Brian Chan. Brian comes from... Uh, a very extensive background in the cannabis industry. He spent five years in the California medical market, running multiple shops and grows. He's been operating a very successful uh, recreational grow here in Washington State for the past five years. Uh, so successful that he has a branded line of products in over 70 stores throughout the state. So thanks for joining us, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. So, Brian, we, you, know, we kinda, you and I have talked about this before as, as operators of the industry. We've seen uh, what seems to be like this pattern that exists from every state as they start coming online. And that being at the very early stages, there's some folks making some money and then more folks start coming online. I think uh, the government is okay or, or the more conservative people are okay with uh, people growing pot. They're just not okay with people uh, like selling it in retail stores. I feel like that's really the, the biggest issue uh, early on, that's what we felt, at least, that there wasn't enough um, licensed outlets for all this product and um, not enough competition between stores to uh, generate the volume of, of sales needed to sustain all the people that were growing. You know, at the end of the day, like, like it, whatever happened, it, it just led to a, a flooded market. And now we're, we're down over half our licensees. So, uh, uh as a cutthroat businessmen, of course, it's like, like fuck them, go us. But as you know, the, 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 there's a human cost there. You know, that's a lot of broken dreams, and um, I think the system could have could have done that. You know, could have handled it better. But like, but we're seeing the same thing kind of happen over and over in every state. And I've yeah. seen it in multiple. You know, Colorado had the same experience. I right. saw a lot of articles talking about the prices falling out of pot. This is a failed industry. Right. Right. That and. That obviously couldn't be more wrong because somebody's making some money. Right, right. There's money to be made. I mean, there's definitely money to be made. It's just uh, like those first, you know, when you go through that supply side spike, you end up with like like bottoming out prices when companies go out of business. You know, all that product they have ends up like fire sold due to the licensing issues. You know, so like uh, I remember at peak of the flood two years ago, People were selling indoor for as low as sixty-five cents a gram. Like, like when, when costing them a dollar to make it. Right, to right, right. It. When Noble Farms went out of business, they put out like five, six hundred pounds at 
55 cents a gram. It was the funniest thing. I walked in that place right before they went out of business too. And when I, she was trying to sell it for like a dollar something I'm like you crazy. I'm like, I'll tell you what, 55 cents a gram. And she, she laughed me out of the building. And then my neighbor goes in there like hours later and gives her the same offer and she takes it. I was like, I was like, ah, the market. I mean, it's the, the market, market was driving. Yeah. The market was driving. It just took a second for it to, for it to click with her. And unfortunately, if I was the, you know, if I came second, I would have done okay. It's almost like a metaphor for this whole story, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I do remember, like, when you and I first started, our relationship in turn, because you were wholesaling. Right, right, right. And I was purchasing for our brand. Uh, and I remember you were one of the first ones who recognized getting in front of the wave. Right. And to make sure you were always moving. Like you always had your product right, moving right, out of right, the store. Right. Like you didn't get right. caught up and lost in trying to no, battle no, people no. for prices. No, 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 no. It was, there was definitely a, a, a race to the bottom. And when you recognize that, like all my fellow growers were talking like, oh, wholesaling at, at trying to sell to the shops at three, three, everyone's trying to do three. And like, I immediately turn around and I'm like, the price is now two. That's right. You, you know, like, like you got to buy it. Buy it or not, you know, like you'd be a fool not to. And, you know, of course, these guys are like, oh, you're moving weight. Like, what are you selling for? I'm like, I'm, I'm selling for three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm selling for what's needed. <laughs> right, That's right. right. You know, but it was like, uh, like just anything you can do. And then when people started catching on and trying to fight the same fight, we had already come, at least in this local area, like the Tacoma was a, was a specialty a bloodbath. We lost a lot of people in Tacoma. Like, we'll talk about that. Like, what, what, what did we actually see happen? Like, what was going on? Okay, so in Tacoma in particular, there's, like, a a, a, a a large amount of shops, but there's also a vast amount of growers. There's so many growers in Tacoma. So, of course, what do you do? Where you try to sell first is around your house. So you drive around your house trying to fish for the best prices. and like They're hanging fruit. Right, right. It's the lowest hanging fruit. At least that's what you perceive. That's not what we perceive these days. But like back then, you know, like you're, you're, it's just you, you're an owner operator. You don't have any money to hire anyone. You just drive out and you go to the nearest store and you offer your shit and see what happens. And, um, it was, it, it, you could tell that the shop owners of Tacoma had a lot of that go down. Like a lot of people came by trying to sell their weed and like, so you were, you were nothing. And what, yeah. What was that like? Like the relationships between the farms and the stores. Talk to that, because that's something I think every state, regard they're going to experience that moment. But just kind of that period, that phase, if you will, in terms of relationship between the farms, trying to get established into the stores and that I will shelf say space. for outsiders of a market, I don't think you can enter into a market and just come to dominate. It's not so simple. Like if you were lucky enough to maintain long running, long running relationships with some of the people who won the retail lottery, then you were, you were made, but if you didn't have those relationships, it was a dogfight. And that's really where, um, I feel like so many of us are like, like made and broken. Like I feel exceptionally confident in any state doing cannabis at this point from, from stone to cold, nothing because I've done it before. And like, like being on that price fight, I don't know very many people who could keep up the fight. Like I, on the level we did, we shut down. Many of the businesses around us, like we feel like we had a part in shutting down, if only because they couldn't sell their wares at stores because we were just so bloodthirsty and like, 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 what's your price? Oh, I'll beat it by 25 cents. Why? Because survive. 
<laughs> you know, like, I got to live. That's, That's right. why. Like, I need to be the number one in that store because no other stores are taking anybody. You know, because it's just so packed. It's just like, like, it was endless. Like, so many stores, like, you bring in samples. Like, they put them in a drawer of samples, and it's just, like, filled. It's, like, deep. They're, they have bins and bins. They have so many bins that, like, they... Like, one of the things the big boys do is try to max out a store for samples, like, like day one of every month. So, like, the smaller guys can't get in there and, like, have a fair shot. Can't even get under those people's, like, like, like attempts to try it because these guys are so big. And, like, um... And did you see that? Because we talked with you about the medical martyr. We're kind of touching on that real quick because I think that's a very important part. Most of the states in the, in the U.S. that do have any sort of hands-on marijuana or medical right so compare that medical space to what you just described about the recreational space here in washington like what was different so in california in particular like in la there were more shops than um like quote-unquote illegal retail shops than um starbucks and mcdonald's combined there were so many of them and because like that was like if you think about it like the free market is saying that they Los Angeles could support 3,000 retail shops. That in itself is pretty amazing. But, or LA City, not even county, LA City alone could support 3,000 retail shops. And then the growers, because all these people are trying to sell weed, the growers, you know, like, it's real easy to, to make alliances, to find people that are willing to pick you up that are like, oh, what kind of work do you do? Do you want to do like, like high volume, medium quality, or you want to do like, like the best marijuana? on earth quality and uh, uh you know like regardless of what you wanted to do there was space on the market under someone working with like smaller smaller groups of people that you know like i mean the population would support these shops how how do you get three thousand shops right you know if, <clears throat> if the population won't support it so why was it so different why was it so different then in this rec market what's what's causing it or maybe not causing but what are the differences Volume as well is that um, the volume that America can produce cannabis far outstrips our ability to consume it. Like, like if we were to unlock all 50 states, it would be another bloodbath all over again. Like first, first comers would have like a year, maybe two of heyday, if that, and then it'd be over. And then the big boys would be all over you know, and like, I, so if your forecast, if we're going to see this again on the national level, oh, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be super ugly. If you are not in the game now, I wouldn't suggest you get in. That's for sure. And so, what as one who's going to play this game, you know this potential is going to, you know, it's going to happen. What are you going to take from the five years here in Washington State, and then apply that on the national level without giving away your trade secrets, of course? But I feel like. Because you, you're you're always going to be up against bigger dogs, so and, and that doesn't mean you can't like navigate a successful way, but it just means like you have to play with the same cost of as like any other business. That's the thing. Like that's what this the great cull proved is like how low can you get costs? How low can you hold it? You know, like, like are you surviving? Like we were barely surviving, but we survived. We made rent every month. Right. You know, we paid all our employees every month. Like, like, like. That got covered, but we didn't make a we didn't make a penny to ourselves. We just thought, oh, 
like, like pay bills as it comes. Pay oh, bills you as didn't it either? Comes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the jokes was like, like one of my homies was telling me he was having so much trouble collecting this check from a, a, a shop that he had dropped off weight at. And I just remember looking at him and being like, dude, like you, you've been collecting checks for dropping off weed. Like that's crazy talk. I just been dropping it off. What the f <laughs> I just take it. I'm like, here, here you go. Take it easy. I'll see you next week. <laughs> you know, like money. There's no money in this. So for a long time, like this was a labor of love. If you're not, if you don't love weed, if you don't love it, love it, love it. Like, like not even like, oh, I love smoking weed. No, no, no. That's not good enough. I mean, like putting your hands in dirt, learning about putting your hands in animal feces because you love this plant so much, then maybe this is for you. But if like, if this isn't a lot of labor of love at this point, I would give it up, bro, because it's about to get real bloody out here again. Like the moment, like, I just hope, I'll, so like we're in like left wing Washington. And of course, like a part of me is like, oh man, left wing president, I hope, I hope 2020. But you know, if Trump stays, he's probably not going to legalize. You know, he didn't do it in the first four. Why would he do it now? He's only appointed people that, you know, like, so if that's the environment, then it, it's hard to say it, but. So for those who, you know, when we came in in five strike years. Strike that. Ago, I'm going to vote Andrew Yang. I'm writing that in. <laughs> I'm going to vote Andrew Yang. Make no mistake. Fair enough. Make no mistake. I want, I want the government to give you a thousand bucks a month. I want that. You're welcome. And some pot. And pot. Well, and pot. you can afford a lot of pot for a thousand bucks a month. You can't. Just saying. Just saying. So talk you know, briefly here about what you think it takes. To, you know, beyond kind of looking more on what you're trying to lean on now, but what do you think it's going to take for a person to get successful within their state and then continue that growth on a national level when it does happen? Because at some point, just like a plant, if you're not growing, you're dying. And so if you don't continue to grow out, out of your state's market when we do go national, you're certainly going to die. So what, what do you think the keys are? Automation is God in a, in a single sentence. Uh, like that's the only way you will compete on a larger market is less people, more machines. But uh, like my, I'm about to automate my packaging. I'm about to help other people do this in a sense by offering the service for them. Like, which is just another ancillary business. It's just will. an ancillary business. Right. And when you really understand what that will do, you know, like a lot of people are, might lose their jobs over this. And it's not the only thing. Anything simple is going to get automated. But I have no choice because I can either automate or I can die. Well, I don't know if you saw at Canacon this year, but it was one of the most exciting moments that, for my time while I was there. I saw... A no kidding, automated pre-roll machine. Now, for those who don't know what that means, uh, it is quite the challenge to make a, a pre-roll because at the end of the day, well, you start not with a something. Yet. You start with something that's sticky, so it's just like really, really sticky. If if you're doing it fresh, and like it just leaves this gummy resin all over everything, and these machine current machinery just gets all gummed up and stops working within like, like five minutes of turning it on. So like, like all the common automa automated answers like aren't it. It's one of the other reasons why everyone uses cones because like doing this pre, you know, the machine roll, the cigarette roll style, it just doesn't work. 
it's too sticky. And the consumer doesn't like it either. They, they do not like the weed. I found this out as a processor. The consumer will not adapt to a marijuana cigarette looking like a cigarette. It has to be in the joint cone book. Just like a banana has to be yellow at the store and an apple red. Hmm. It has to come in the cone, which that presented the problem for us. was trying to, because at, at the end of the day, Every pre-roll had to be twisted by hand closed. Well, the, that's what the new machine does. Now the machine, ha now that they finally have that ability to do it. Hang one in of, there. One of the hardest things we had to do as a business was figure out that what we are. Are we a manufacturer or are we a producer? You know, at the end of the day, like we, we really simplified. We're a farm. That's what we, we, we produced cannabis. We trim it, we put it in the bag for you. You know, so like leaning on our strengths we stopped producing joints even, you know, because it's like all the work it takes to make a joint. It's just like, and like how much money are you possibly going to get out there for that joint if you're on a free market, in a free market economy, in a post-flood system, like when, when where everyone can just buy weed, assuming that everyone is buying weed from the store, uh, 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 and, and those are the only numbers that you're basing this off, then... It, it, it gets to be like a cost-ridden bloodbath pretty quick if you're not automated. So you just need to, if you want to offer joints, you know, that's cool, man. Just get the equipment to, to sell joints. You got to make them. For a, a lot of processors. Yeah. Make them for somebody else. Well, if you don't have the volume, you know, of course. Well, that's what we're seeing here. Like, we're seeing people who are just doing joint uh, pre-rolls But it's only. impossible to build to that volume, I feel. Sure. sure. Without the automation because there's almost oh, no margin. Oh, for sure. And that's why they're doing it. They're right. breaking away. They say, "Here's our niche. Right, right, we're going right. to be a pre-roll making company. We're going to go buy this quarter million dollar machine, right, right, and make right, right. pre-rolls for everybody else. And that's how we're going to work in our market." So definitely, like I, I see the need in this industry, and and like the thing is, like we all started cottage. That's the thing about Washington because they kept all the outside money out. We all started around the same level, except like one or two of us. We're all around the same place, and we all have to deal with the same expenses. So your expenses don't change without a significant paradigm shift. And like automation is really the only way. It's really the only way. Like I don't I don't see how else you could because like rolling head to head, man, my like it's just a losing battle. And then let me close with this one and ask you the tough question. And based off all your all your knowledge and kind of what you're talking about now, what would you offer someone on the East Coast who's in a brand new state, say Michigan or Illinois? who's looking to get into the canvas industry and thinking, I'm just going to be here in Illinois. Like, What do they need to think about beyond that, like the automation rather than small business plan or start thinking big from the jump? I think um, you have to, if you're thinking about being a, a manufacturer, just think about the equipment you're going to need to, to do that. But there's so much opportunity in this world, right? There's more than any man can handle. And if you really want to achieve a dream, you have to be laser focused, you know, especially for the smaller operators. A smaller operator trying to do everything is just insane. You have to be laser focused and just execute the same damn thing to the best you can do a million times. And then, you know, like, you might be able to move on. <laughs> so that's right. We are lucky here on the West Coast to have been able to get kind of a free five years of free Pass and learning a little bit of forgiveness, not easy by any means, but certainly we we had some opportunities to kind of learn uh, to, I think, or be less available as we keep progressing to the right side of the country. That's I. That's my fear of this of, of 
you know, just, just just the little guys getting forced out. You know, the craft manufacturers, you know, the mom and pops, the people who've been in this game since the get-go, you know, just like eking out a living and like all of a sudden not having that anymore is is probably the biggest heartbreak. I so, think they can get laser focused, like you say. Go right, find right. your space. Because I think we're seeing that now, though, thankfully. We're seeing the whole market start to get segmented in such that we're finding pieces can exist along the way and work in concert with one another. Right. And create right. a lot of opportunities. And right, right. And I think that's something that Washington did not did not um, acknowledge from the get-go. Like, they don't have a distribution license like California. They right. don't have all these, like, like, the transport license. They didn't start with that. So, you know, eventually it just came around or people use processing licenses to fulfill those needs. But um, in some ways it discourages growth. And, like, it doesn't, like, I don't think they were really thinking when whoever made the rules was saying, like, a farmer has to, like, package his own weed and sell it to a store. And, like, that's the business model we're going to support, like, to the fullest. And instead, like, be like, hey, man, maybe... Maybe you should leave these jobs for the professionals. Let the growers grow. Let the distributors distribute. That's right. Let your packagers pack. That's you right. Know, just like uh, if you look at big ag, you know, like look at the wine industry. There's people who just bottle, you know, like slap any label you want on there. They'll just put it in bottles for you. You know, that's all they do. And there's people that uh, uh, make the grapes and people who crush and ferment, you know, like, like that's that's really – the big difference, the big lesson from uh, uh, early on is like, if you want to be on the production side, look at big ag, pull their business models. If you want to be retail, then like dog, if you can win that lottery, like you're made. Like if, if you're super rich, ignore that. But if you're you're broken, like trying to come up, dog, it's a it's a killer hustle. <laughs> the shop game is. But a you love it hustle. though. I loved it. I loved it when I was doing it, bro. It was like. It was probably the, my favorite time in this business, but um, I also appreciated how lawless it was. You know, like, like those were those were good times too. But um, well, let's wish the best for those who, as the East State starts coming online and they start getting these opportunities, um, they could definitely call us back over here. Be more than willing to go help them out. Of course, of course. Always. If y'all do come through Washington State, you got to stop by one of his seventy stores and check out his brand, Sensimilia. He literally grows probably some of the best. Not some of the – he does grow the best pot uh, I've seen in Washington State. We used to run it as our top shelf line uh, when I was run, running a processing center out here in Washington. Really thankful for your time, Brian. <laughs> Brian, you, you bring such a great value and perspective to things that I uh, think people should really pay attention. And if, if nothing else, get laser focused. And I'll, uh, right. I'll close with this. Yeah, what you told me before we started this, this podcast here, you said – Pride will kill a man in this business. That's said, right. Do not be prideful. It don't chase that prestige. It's not about prestige. It's about finding your business model and like making it work. Like at the end of the day, like exploration is great, but like those businesses, all the big boys, they're built on solid business models. And you just got to achieve yours. Figure out what that is and achieve, achieve, achieve. And like, like, like it, it'll fund everything else, you know? That's what's up. Well, thanks everyone for joining us in this, this episode of Pot Talk. Uh, please make sure you get on and check out pottalk.org and get yourself linked to all our social media outlets. And look for us next week as we will uh, continue this, these discussions and take an inside look at the pot industry. Uh, appreciate you all. Share, share, share. Peace.